Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Are the Lakers done? Full steam ahead for the Brooklyn Nets. Plus, why is everyone already giving up on the Mavericks? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The champs are on the ropes after a 115 to 85 throttling at the hands of the Phoenix Suns. The LA Lakers are at risk of becoming the 16 to win the finals and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. Joining me now from Locked On Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. And Andy, what is it going to take for this Lakers team to become the next team of LeBron James to go beyond the first round? They are 14-0, and 0, LeBron's teams are, in the first round of the playoffs. Well, I mean, to begin, it's going to take um, a healthy groin for Anthony Davis. I mean, it, it it was incredibly obvious how much they missed him in this game. I mean, even even with a lot that went wrong that maybe still could have gone wrong without Anthony Davis, for example, the inability of anybody not named LeBron or James to hit a three, you could really see just what Anthony Davis brings to this team and what his presence means, especially defensively, because this team was so uncharacteristically scrambled on that end, basically from the jump in this game. And it seemed very dispiriting to a lot of these guys very, very quickly. So I I think the confidence of having AD there looking healthy, I think is the start of what the Lakers are going to need to do to, to win the next two in a row. What do you think this says about the Lakers team in a bigger picture? Let's say they, they can come back and win two more games. I mean, how concerned uh, should we be about their ability to to run the gauntlet here in the West? I mean, if guys can actually stay healthy moving forward, because LeBron is still not far removed from that high ankle sprain that I think he is playing well, but he has not been able to just dominate games from start to finish. And then you've got Anthony Davis's groin situation and KCP who missed game four and didn't end up playing all of game five. I, I think just really they realized what's the point. But you need all of these guys to be healthy if you're going to get through the next three rounds and defend this championship. I mean, there's always different elements of luck that go into winning a championship, defending a championship. And one of those elements is health. And health in a lot of ways is just a lucky thing. And it doesn't seem to be working in that way for the Lakers. You know, they're they're a team that had very little offseason, you know, when when they were in the bubble last year, one of the last two teams there. And you wonder if a lot of that is just catching up to them. Why do you think we haven't seen, you know, the, the offense was the big problem in this game, only getting to 85 points in in the modern NBA is crazy. And yet some of the guys who theoretically could have stepped up uh, for Anthony Davis are guys that we think of as offensive minded players. Where is the offense going to come from here? I mean, hopefully, again, Anthony Davis, because if if AD if AD doesn't play, they're not going to win these next two games. I mean, that that just isn't going to happen. That being said, I was surprised that Frank Vogel waited as long as he did um, into the second quarter when things clearly weren't working. The Lakers were already down by 20-ish to insert either Talon Horton Tucker or Ben McLemore into the game. 
just to try to get some offense going. And then obviously, you know, uh, Montrez Harrell is sort of the elephant in the room with this whole situation. And, you know, he didn't get into the game until I believe the fourth quarter. And the problem with Trez is for as much offense and energy and offensive rebounding as he's capable of providing, he is a defensive liability. And depending on who the other guys are out there, I think it's pretty clear Vogel just doesn't trust him to especially be the backbone of a defense. That being said, depending, again, on the availability of, you know, AD or what 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 state he's in, Vogel may have to compromise a little bit of his philosophy, which is incredibly defense first. And it obviously has been very successful with the Lakers, but this team is really, really struggling to score. And tonight, notwithstanding, defense has not been the problem. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, full steam ahead for the big three in Brooklyn. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Damian Lillard brought the 50-burger with cheese, but it still wasn't enough to beat the Nuggets. What up, y'all? Your Path First point guard host of Lockdown Blazers, Mike Richmond, and the Blazers just spoiled an all-time great Damian Lillard performance. One of the best playoff performances, quite frankly, you'll ever see. 55 points on 24 shots, 10 assists, one turnover, forced overtime, forced double overtime. He is inevitable, and yet, he had 17 after the fourth quarter and his teammates combined to shoot one of 19 and scored two points in the final two overtimes. Yusuf Nurkic fouled out with four minutes left. CJ McCollum had a tough turnover in the closing seconds of the second overtime. Dame had 55, an all-time great night. One for the record books, the history books. And the Blazers go home with an L. They go home down 3-2, fighting for the playoff lives on Thursday. 76ers star Joel Embiid is listed as doubtful with right knee soreness for Game 5 against the visiting Washington Wizards tonight. Embiid had an MRI on his right knee Tuesday and is expected to be further evaluated today. He suffered the injury after a hard fall that knocked him out of the 76ers 122-114 Game 4 loss on Monday night. The 76ers lead the first round playoff series 3-1. The Carolina Hurricanes have fallen behind 0-2 to the Tampa Bay Lightning in their second round series, and it was a long night for Locked On Hurricanes host Jared Ellis. So the Carolina Hurricanes just lost game two of round two to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They finally scored 2-1. I could sit here and make excuses about how Tampa is $17 million over the cap and all that stuff in the playoffs right now. I could, but I'm not going to because that's no excuse for how the Carolina Hurricanes offense has just not shown up this series. Our superstars like Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov, Tevo Teravai, th- those guys, they need to wake up. They're looking like the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. And this team is not the Toronto Maple Leafs. So the Carolina Hurricanes offense needs some coffee, an energy drink, something. They need to wake up if they're going to win this series. And speaking of long nights, it's been a rough stretch of nights for the Orioles with a 14-game losing streak. They couldn't lose 15 in a row, could they? Hey, everybody. Connor Newcomb here, host of Locked On Orioles Losing Streak. What losing streak? The Orioles 
finally stop the streak. It was 14 games in a row, but the Orioles have won a ball game. They beat the Minnesota Twins by a score of 7-4, to four, and that losing streak stops at 14. We don't get anywhere close to the 21 games in a row the Orioles lost back in 1988. So for the O's, I mean, the big big performer was Bruce Zimmerman on the mound. Another great start for him. A career-high seven strikeouts for Bruce. Bullpen did its job tonight. And uh, Cedric Mullins, what a game. Trey Mancini, what a game. Everybody in the starting lineup got on base at least once and contributed. Weight off the shoulders of not just the Orioles, but it feels like the fans as well. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag with Joel Embiid's status up in the air. Can the Philadelphia 76ers close out their series with the Washington Wizards? The betonline.ag line has Philly favored by six and a half. The New York Knicks had a lot of hype coming into the playoffs. They face elimination tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. The betonline.ag line for that game is New York giving one and a half. The other two games tonight have the Utah Jazz nine and a half point favorites over the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Clippers are six and a half point favorites over the Dallas Mavericks. For all your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, or golf odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. It took five games for the Brooklyn Nets to take care of the Boston Celtics as they did on Tuesday night, 123-109 in game five. Maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, that is, I think, the question that we have to try and adjudicate now as the Nets are going to take on the Milwaukee Bucks, who handled the Miami Heat, how much of what we saw in this first round from the Brooklyn Nets is going to translate against what is uh, seemingly a much better opponent? Yes, Milwaukee, I can, I'm can. i here to confirm, Milwaukee is a better team than Boston. <laughs> there, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to, I mean, listen, the offensive game of, of Harden and Katie and Kyrie, that's going to be there for them. The defensive sets are going to look a lot different. It's a much better defensive team in Milwaukee, obviously. The the real things that we're, we're going to be looking at, though, are on the other end of the floor. It's going to be about the defensive switches, the rotations, and how do you handle the length and size of this Milwaukee Bucks team, who, by all accounts, has been a very good regular season team for the last handful of years, but clearly is a different animal this year in these playoffs. This is a matchup that I think is fascinating for a number of reasons. We haven't had a lot of opportunities to see these two teams square off at full strength. So as you try and get an early feel for what we're looking at here, what do you think could be a key as we're trying to prognosticate moving forward with these two teams? Yeah, I, I think the the paint area, specifically on the offensive end for the Brooklyn Nets and defensively for Milwaukee, the... The one benefit, if you want to call it that, of Milwaukee's big in Brook Lopez is that he's not the most fleet of foot. So one of two things, are you able to drive and get into the lane past Giannis, depending on how the switches go out at the top of the key, and get in at the rim, maybe draw early fouls on a Brook Lopez, and then even consider trying to pull him out away from the basket, force him to defend out on the perimeter. Again, if you can get a good switch at the top and put Kevin Durant on Brook Lopez, that's a winning situation. If you can get Harden on a switch there and keep Brook Lopez out on the perimeter, I think that those are the things where you're just 
you're trying to force Milwaukee to have to make adjustments. The difficulty is who is Drew Holiday taking away for the Brooklyn Nets? And, and by the way, this is a relative term because you're not going to shut down James Harden for an entire game. But if on a given possession, you take away James Harden and the ball now goes into Kyrie's hands, where are those secondary matchups? Where is Chris Middleton? Where is Giannis now on these switches? The length is going to cause issues for the Nets in terms of their ball rotation and running their sets. The ISO games are going to be what you're probably going to have to lean on for big stretches. Thankfully, you have quality top you know, seven players in the league here in the big three. But there's going to be big parts of these series, this series, excuse me, where it's going to rely on coming down the floor, ball in hand for any one of those three, and they have to create off the dribble on their own. That's going to be a necessity to keep you in stretches where the, d- the defense of Milwaukee is shutting down ball movement, shutting down easy looks, shutting down backdoor cuts. Why is everyone giving up on the Mavs already? The Q of the Day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I had one yesterday. In fact, I had the coconut. No one does coconut like Built Bar. And if you don't like coconut, that's okay. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. They are delicious. My dad buys them for work and he buys other kinds of bars as well. He was telling me. And guess what? The Built Bars always go first because they are delicious. And not only are they delicious, but they are doing the work of a protein bar with high protein, high fiber, and low carb and low sugar. Go to BillPar.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at BillPar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. The L.A. Clippers face off with the Dallas Mavericks in Game 5 with the series knotted at two games apiece. The Clippers are real favorites in this game, favored by seven points, even though it sounds like Luka Doncic will, in fact, play in this game. Joining me now from Locked On Mavericks, Nick Engstadt. And Nick, why do you think Vegas, why do you think the, the narrative is that the Clippers are such heavy favorites in this game? Marcus Morris tweeted on Tuesday, oh, it's so great to be the underdog. That's where we want to be. We want to be the underdog. I have something to say to Marcus Morris. This Clippers team has not been an underdog in any single game in this series. They came in as real heavy favorites. They've been favored in every single game. This team should be better. They should be better than a four seed. They've been dealing with injuries, and then they sat a bunch of guys, rested guys. So this team is playing way under. They're underperforming in the regular season, so their seed is a lot lower. This shouldn't be a 4-5 matchup. This should be like a 2-7 matchup or something like that. But this Clippers team has all the talent. Like, they have so much talent in these two guys in Kawhi and Paul George and the rest of their rotation. Uh, And so, like, this team is... It, this team should be playing this well, right? It's it's kind of amazing the Mavericks got those first two games, especially considering they were in L.A. Also, if you want to make a little money on this game, Bet Online has an even more favorable line on it. It is Clippers minus six and a half. Nick, Luka Doncic has been outstanding in this playoffs. In fact, you were on our show less than a week ago saying he was the best player in the playoffs with him dealing with this injury how much do you think that's going to affect the Mavericks as they try and, and rest control back of this series? Because frankly, game four was not particularly close. 
Peter, how much can change in a weekend? I guess yeah. everything. It seems like the Mavericks team was riding high. They were up 2-0. They won both of them in LA. Luca was playing out of his mind, but still hadn't had like that crazy Luca game yet. We still hadn't seen him really, really go off. He was just kind of doing his thing. And then he has 44 points in game three. Started to have that neck injury in the third quarter of that game three. Started to bother him. And then in game four, it just really showed his its ugly head. He can't really look around when he drives in the paint. Like it's a, they're calling it a cervical strain and it's in his neck. I talked to a, you know, a medical professional. He says that's sort of a, a term that they use for pinched nerve potentially. So obviously allegedly that's just, you know, Twitter doctor talking, but he's dealing with a lot of pain. It's, it seems like it's better. He's probable for game five. I'm assuming he's going to play game five. There's not going to be a lot that's going to hold him back from playing in game five, but it really does seem to be bothering him. He still is getting up some of the same shots he got up, but if he can't turn around or look around in the paint as he's driving, that's sort of all his, that's like his game. Right? He gets in the lane. He looks around, he finds open guys. He hits them. He hits passes that people just don't expect. Uh, and so maybe this will test the eyes in the back of the head you know, theory that he has because he'll have to use those instead of using his peripheral vision. And finally, Petra Kvitova, two-time tennis major champion in the French Open's number 11 seed, has withdrawn from the French Open because of an ankle injury. In a statement posted to social media, Kvitova said she suffered the injury during her media obligation on Sunday. She said, during my post-match press requirements on Sunday, I fell and hurt my ankle. Unfortunately, after an MRI and much discussion with my team, I made the tough decision that it would be unwise to play on. It's incredibly bad luck, and I will stay strong and do my best to recover in time for grass court season. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Thursday, do the Philadelphia 76ers have enough to close out their series with the Wizards if Joel Embiid isn't on the court? No matter what, we'll have the fallout. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.